Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. Matthew chapter 28, starting with verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. You may be seated. You'll see that in verse 16 that says the 11 disciples went to go meet Jesus at an appointed place that Jesus had told them beforehand that he was going to meet with them. And what I find interesting here is that when they got there and when they saw Jesus, it says in verse 16 that they worshipped him. But some doubted. They worshipped him. But some doubted. Now, there are those who believe that it wasn't just the 11 disciples here. uh, That there were also others who uh, had came with the disciples uh, to see Christ. Uh, Then there are those who, who, uh, some commentators who uh, don't uh, expound either way. Uh, Here's... The important thing that I want to point out, though, whether it was just the 11 or it was the 11 plus uh, additional individuals, I find it very interesting that even when they looked upon Christ, whom they had seen crucified, right, who had been crucified, who had been laid in a tomb, but now had been resurrected, so he had died and come back to life, that when they met him, where he had told them to meet him, it says they worshipped him, yet some still doubted. Some still doubted. And you and I look at that and go, I know I did when I first read it, and said, oh my goodness, how in the world could they still doubt Christ after everything they had seen and witnessed. How could they still doubt that it was him? How could they still doubt what had happened? How could they still doubt what they were seeing with their eyes, uh, even though it was right in front of them? How? They worshipped him, but they still had questions about what in the world God was doing. They still had questions. They still had concerns about what God had done and was doing. Before we become too judgmental of these disciples and those who may have been with them, let us look at our own lives and reflect on how many times 
God has worked in our lives, yet when we come to the next step, we still doubt him. How many times God has answered a prayer and answered a prayer and answered a prayer and answered a prayer and answered a prayer. And we, we every single time we get to the next step, we question him again. He's answered. He's answered. He's protected. He's provided. He's done. He's always been there. He's been there right beside us the entire time. We've seen it with our own eyes. We've heard him with our own ears. Yet, when we get to a place that, uh, again, of discouragement, when we get to a place where we have questions, we still doubt him. Mm -hmm. God, what are you doing? Are you still going to protect me? Are you still going to provide? Are you still, what's going on? Are you still going to lead me? Are you still going to guide me? Are you still going to direct me? What's going on? God, I stepped out. What's going on? And we doubt. And we question God. Even though time and time again, we've seen God perform miracles in our lives. Amen. Time and time again, we've seen him move and make ways where there appeared to be no way. Yes. We've seen him open doors that only God could open. Yes. We've seen him close doors that only God could close to protect us. Yes. We've seen him be there with us as a loving father as a loving Savior, as a comforter, as our peace. Yet there are times in our lives, in spite of everything that we've seen and everything that we've experienced, we still doubt Him. And we all do that in our lives. All of us are guilty of doubting God even after He's done so much for us. We get to that next trial. We get to that next challenge. Doesn't always have to be a trial. Sometimes it's a challenge. It's a challenge from God, either through our circumstances. It's a challenge, uh, you know, through what we're facing, what we're seeing, what's changing in our world. He's challenging our faith. Are we going to trust him? Are we going to believe him? Are we going to hold on to him? And yet we doubt. Mm -hmm. And I know for me personally that God still teaches me that lesson and challenges me on a regular basis. Because sometimes I pass and sometimes I fail. Yeah. Sometimes I have no problem believing and holding on, but here, if I'm going to be honest with you, more times than I pass, I fail. And so God continues to challenge us and challenge us and challenge us. So the disciples here had many questions. They worshipped him because they knew he was worthy. They worshipped him because they recognized him as God. They worshipped him because they recognized him as Savior. They worshipped him because they believed that he had risen from the dead. They worshipped him because they knew that he was God. Mm -hmm. Yet they still had questions and doubts about God's plan. Mm -hmm. And now Jesus is going to tell them here in verse 18, he knows they're doubting. He's not surprised. He knows there are those that are questioning what is going to happen next. 
You know, he didn't set himself up as king and take over the Roman government, even after he rose from the dead, right? He didn't throw off the oppression of the Romans and the tyranny of the Romans. He didn't become their king in the physical sense in terms of that they set up Israel as a nation, which is what they had all wanted. Yet here they met out in the middle of nowhere on some mountain, and he was, they had questions and doubts. And he says them in verse 18 because he knows that they're doubting. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So the first thing is he's letting them know because he knows their doubts. He knows their questions. The first thing that he's settling is, is that he is still in control. Yes. He is in control. Why? Because all authority had been given to him both on heaven and heaven and on earth, meaning that he controlled the sun, the moon, the stars. He controls everything to include what is upon the earth, which is Satan himself. Yep. He has been given authority over everything, and he wanted to let them know that he was in control. When you have authority over something, you're in control. Uh, like a, a, an analogy that Tony Evans gives when he talks about this particular scripture because he talks about a football field. And he talks about on the football field, the players are the most powerful, the strongest on the field. The players are the ones that are jacked and have the muscles and all the strength, right? They're the ones that are hitting each other. They're the strongest people on the field. While the referees don't look like much usually, do they? It's Lester Ed Hockley, who's like got biceps out of here, if you know what I'm talking about. He's a famous football referee. They don't look like much, right? Uh, they're, some of them are fat like me, right? Some of them are skinny like toothpicks. They're like all different uh, shapes and sizes, but typically they're definitely not the most powerful on the field. However, even though they're not physically powerful, they have something that the players don't. Authority. Amen. Now where does that authority come from? They don't get that authority on their own. That authority comes from the powers that be over the NFL. Right. You are to listen to these referees. And if you lay a hand on them, you're gone and you're fine. Right. If you look wrong in their direction and they take it the wrong way, you're gone and you're fine. They call a penalty, you take the penalty, right? They have the authority on the field, even though they're the, not the most powerful. They have the authority. What Christ is saying here is this. I have been given all authority. He is God, and he is in control of everything. Yes. Because he's been given all authority and has all authority, that trickles down to his children, yes. to you and to me. So that because he's been given all authority and he's in control of everything, that authority trickles down to us because he's in control. We don't have to worry because he's in control. The demons have to flee. Yes. The enemy has to flee. Yes. And the world has to take notice because he's in control. It's not about me. That's not, when you look at me, I'm nothing special. The enemy looks at me, I'm nothing special. I'm just, uh, you know, flesh and bone. Nothing makes me special. I have no wondrous gifts or talents or abilities. 
But what makes me special is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. What makes you special is Christ and the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. That's what makes us special. And because he has all authority, that authority is delegated to us and we don't have to worry. The enemy cannot come any closer than God allows him to come. Yes. The enemy cannot attack you without first passing through God's permission. That's right. Satan can't harm you without God's permission. So if God's granting it as part of his will, mm -hmm. and there is a purpose to it, that's what the book of Romans teaches us, that if God allows Satan to hurt us, to tempt us. If God allows Satan to attack us or our families, he's testing us and growing us yes. as part of his purpose and part of his plan. Amen. Right? Yes. So we have to hold on to that knowledge, that understanding, that truth. As we talked about last week, yes. you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Well, here's the key truth. All authority has been given to Christ in heaven and on earth. And Christ lives in your heart. Yes. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. The comforter. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to be afraid. And we shouldn't question God. Because as long as we were, are following him, God is in control and he's directing our steps. Yeah. And here's the great thing. Jesus didn't rebuke them for their doubting. Yep. He could have. He could have said, you dum-dums, why are you still doubting? Look. Right? Mm -hmm. He didn't rebuke them for their doubting. He didn't rebuke them because they still had questions. That lets you and I know sometimes it's okay to ask God questions. Mm -hmm. He understands your doubts and he understands your fears. He understands. The way that he confronts our doubt is with truth. He, it's a statement of fact that he has all authority. So when you and I worry, and you and I feel challenged, when we're afraid, when we face circumstances that seem insurmountable, when there are doors that seem like it is impossible for them to possibly be opened, when we're faced with those challenging moments, let us remind ourselves that the one whom we serve has all authority and control. Amen. All right? Let us remind ourselves that he's in charge. He then tells the disciples and those gathered there, he gives them the great commission. Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to, deserve, to observe all things that I have commanded you. Now, I'm not going to go into detail here because I do feel now God's given me some direction. This message isn't about the Great Commission. It's about what's surrounding it. But know this, that God gave them a task to do. He gave them a purpose, something to accomplish. And that task falls on you and I. That is why it's called the Great Commission. And that it was for those who are gathered here, and it is the message of the church today. Go, therefore, mm -hmm. make disciples, teach, baptize. That's what the church is commanded to do, right? Yes. 
So he gave them a very daunting task. So they went from doubting to being told that he is in control. And then he gave them a task to do. He told them, this is what your purpose is for the future. Do these things. Now, many times, you and I, even though God has demonstrated to us his power, and even though God has demonstrated to us his authority, and even though God has demonstrated to us that he can move when he needs to move, and that he has the power to do what needs to be done in our lives, and that he can set us free, and he can do all of these things. When it comes down to the purpose that he's placed inside of us, we start out gung-ho, but then we run out of steam. It seems daunting, right? So these, they weren't just told to take the message to the Jews. They weren't just told to take the message in Jerusalem. They were told to what? Take the message into all the world. All nations. Not just their family members and not just their neighbor down the street and not just their community, not just their people, but they were to take it to all nations. That's a daunting task. And in our lives, God gives us daunting tasks, right? Daunting challenges, things that he is asking us to do on faith, by faith. And they are hard for us to walk in because of fear and doubt. Right? He gives us these challenges of, to serve him. And he's already told us that he's got the authority so that we can go and serve him. So he's trying to answer our doubts. He's told us that we're not going in our own authority. We're going in his authority. He's given us the abilities and the gifts and the talents that we need to accomplish what he's given us to do to accomplish his purpose in our lives. Yet, when obstacles arise and challenges arise and opposition to what God has told us to do, we still get fear and doubt. And Jesus laid out a very daunting task. And maybe he's given you a daunting task. Now, here's the thing. A daunting task to me might not be a daunting task to you. Right. Something that is a challenge for me may not be a challenge for you. It may come easily for you, right? Maybe you're gifted to singing. So being challenged to get up and sing, it comes easy to you, right? Maybe you're gifted in teaching. So getting up to teach comes easy to you. Where somebody else, it is a challenge. And somebody else, it is a, a step of faith to get out of their comfort zone and, and go, right? To some people, it's a challenge just to get up in the morning. To some people, it's a challenge to not live constantly paralyzed by fear and doubt. That's a challenge that they face to be able to walk in what God has for them to walk in. Right? Anxiety. I face those challenges. And so, Jesus anticipating them going, how in the world are we supposed to do this? How in the world are we supposed to take this message to all nations? Don't you know, God, how big the world is? Right? We like to do that with God. Don't you know, God, I can't do that? Don't you know how big what you've asked me to do I'm afraid of? 
Don't you know this challenge I, I can't do? I'm not gifted. I'm not able. Don't you know that I'm not comfortable doing this, God? Don't you see how big it is? Yep. And that's when Jesus says to them, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Knowing that they would be overwhelmed by what he had given them to do. And also knowing what they were going to face. He tells them that he will always be with them. That's important mm -hmm. because he was about to ascend and go to heaven. Mm -hmm. So Jesus tells them that no matter where you go, I'm with you. So while you're out performing and walking in the purpose I have for you, when you're being beaten, I'm there. Mm -hmm. And when you're in prison, I'll be there too. And when you're being rejected, I'm going to be there. Mm -hmm. And when you're afraid, yep. I'm right next to you. And when you want to give up, I'm still standing there. Yeah. And when you're wondering what tomorrow holds, guess what? I'm there with you holding your hand. Mm -hmm. When you're questioning, I'm right there. He knew what they were going to be facing, the battles and the persecution they were going to face as they walked in the purpose that he had given them to walk in. And so therefore, he said, when you run into trouble, which you're going to run into, and when you run into the persecution that you're going to experience, when you have questions and you have doubts, know this. Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Meaning until Jesus Christ sets foot on this earth again, he still stands beside us. Yes, he may not be here physically, but he is here spiritually, for he is omnipresent. Able to be everywhere at once. Yeah. And so no matter where you are, on the highest mountain or the deepest valley, yeah. in the midst of glorious blessing or in the midst of pain and suffering, he is there. Yes, amen. He was there. He is there. He was there when you faced hurt. He's there now when you face hurt. Mm -hmm. He is there. He was with Joseph in the pit. And he was with Joseph in prison. And he was also with Joseph when he was the ruler of Egypt. Yeah, uh, that's good. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. Mm -hmm. And he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Yeah. And he was with David when he fought the lion. Mm -hmm. And he was with Paul when he was in prison. And he was with Peter when he was in prison. Right? He was there. Even in those tough, dark situations, he was there making a way. Yeah. Because even when you can't see it, God is moving. Yes. He is there. He is with you right now. He will walk beside you and hold your hand low. I am with you always. No matter where you go, no matter where you hide, no matter where you find yourself at, God is with you. Amen. That should be the greatest comfort that you and I have.
we see in front of us. No matter how we question God, how can I go through this? How can I do this? How am I going to make it through? No matter what the challenge is that God has placed in front of you to walk through, he is the one who walked on water. And he is the one who split the Red Sea. And he's the one that dried up the Jordan. And he's the one that caused the walls of Jericho to fall. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? He was and is there. Yes. The book of, I believe it's Hebrews says that he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, forever. If God was with the saints then, he's with the saints now. He never changes. He cannot fail. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to ask God why. It's okay to have some doubts. As long as we don't allow those questions and those doubts to rule over us. Mm-hmm. Why? Because all authority has been given to Christ. And as therefore, we are under his delegated authority and we don't have to be controlled by anything mm-hmm. external to us. Fear, doubt, worry, discouragement. We don't have to be controlled by those things. It's okay to doubt and ask questions. Just don't let them consume you. And we don't have to be consumed and we don't have to be afraid because Jesus Christ is always with us. Yes. He's always with us. This morning, begin to think and ask yourself, And look, really look inside. When has God been there for you? We can all think of times and situations. Remind yourself of what God has already done. Right? Remind yourself of his goodness and his faithfulness in the past. You know, every time something great happened in the Old Testament specifically, they would build an altar. Right? Uh, They would put up a monument, stack rocks. And those rocks, it said, those altars, it said, were to remind the generations that came after the event of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Right? When uh, God dried up the Jordan River so that they could walk through to Jericho on dry ground, they were commanded to bring 12 rocks, one for each tribe of Israel. And to set them up as a monument so that their children and their children's children and their children's children's children could look back at that monument and remember that God was faithful. You need to have monuments in your lives. I need to have monuments in my life where I can look back and see, God, you are so awesome right here. And You did this right here. And you moved in this situation right here where I could look back and see the stones that I collected throughout my tribe. And that I set up in victory when I came through the other side to look back and say, God, I know that you were faithful then and you will be faithful now. Start taking some 
stones from that circumstance and that situation and get ready to set them up when they come out the other side. Because listen to me, as a child of Christ, you will always come out the other side. Yes. You will follow after him. You'll always make it through. Now, it may not be in the way that we envision or imagine or we decide is the best way. But he promised to love or leave us nor forsake us, that he was, would be with us always. He promised that his purposes will always be accomplished. Amen. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Amen. Yes. Meaning that we will come through. Whether it's in this age or the next age, mm -hmm. there'll be victory. And we got to hold on to that truth. Don't let the enemy convince you to give up. Don't let the enemy convince you that it's not worth it. Don't let the enemy convince you that God doesn't care. Don't let the enemy convince you that when you follow God that maybe you made a mistake. Don't let the enemy convince you that when God told you to left, that maybe the enemy convinces you maybe you should have taken a right. Don't let the enemy convince you that you, that what God has spoken is a lie. Amen. Don't let him. Don't let him convince you that God doesn't care enough about you to protect you and to keep you and to help you accomplish the purpose that he has for you. Yes. Amen. I know that for me, I've been under attack for quite some time now with questioning, 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 questioning. I just don't understand. I've tried to be faithful. I've tried to be obedient, right? I've tried, and maybe you have had the same questions, and you ask God the same thing. But the truth is, is don't doubt God's calling. Don't doubt God's purpose. And don't doubt God's voice. Amen. Why? Because all authority has been given to Christ in heaven and on earth. And no matter where you are, no matter where you find yourself, he is with you always. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach the loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.